Soul Recovery is not just this podcast. It is a community. And each month on the first Monday, we get together on Zoom to support each other. I give a topic, then we break into small groups. It's a powerful way to be seen and witnessed and heard and supported through your own soul recovery journey. This is free to attend and open to everyone. Go to the website to register. The next one is May 6th from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Also, in June on the 8th and 9th is an in-person soul recovery retreat in Lafayette, Colorado. This is going to be a weekend of incredible transformation, learning how to use soul recovery in your life and to leave that weekend transformed. Visit the website for more about what to expect and how to register. Enjoy the episode. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and this is the Recover Your Soul podcast. For us to overcome external circumstances, we must first overcome our internal self by focusing on inner change. Outer positive results in our lives will follow. This podcast offers inspiration, strength, and hope through the tools of recovery, spirituality, and positive psychology. I started recoveryoursoul.net after having profound changes in my life in my recovery from alcoholism and control addiction. I was guided to share these tools with others through this podcast and personal coaching. Personal recovery does not need an addiction to use the tools and principles to better our lives and transform just the desire to make positive changes and grow. As an ordained minister, I continue to study and deepen my relationship with the spiritual principles that have brought me peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. I know that together we can do the work that will recover your soul. Hello and welcome back to Recover Your Soul. Thanks for joining me again if you're here for another time and welcome to anybody who's listening new. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and I am here to do some soul recovery work. So a couple of weeks ago, I was honored to be the guest minister at the spiritual center, the Unity Spiritual Center that I've been attending for 20 years and that I currently work for and was such a great experience. And we had been studying the book by Eric Butterworth called Discover the Power Within You that just had its 40th anniversary. And so I wanted to do a talk that is kind of the talk that I did at Columbine, but from a soul recovery place instead of a message given at a spiritual center. If you're interested in checking out the talk that I did at Columbine, I'll have a link to that YouTube video in the show notes. In my experience, the traumas that we have in our lives are based on people and circumstances that we've had in our lives that are really painful. And we generally have these aspects of ourselves that are really stuck and kind of caught up in how those relationships didn't work out or what they didn't provide for us. And you know that one of my number one things that I talk about is the letting go of control that we can't have expectations of other people to fill us up in a way that gives us what we need for us to finally be happy. What's our goal in life? Our goal in life is to be happy and contented and living to our fullest potential and to feel lighthearted and free and joyous. And so we tie up all this emotion and all this energy into everybody else around us, bringing to us something that we want, something that we need. And it is heartbreaking and painful as those things don't happen. 
because in general, they won't. People will not show up for you the way that you are hoping. And life will not show up for you the way that if you had it all perfect and planned out the way that that is in your mind. Life is life. But we can still have happiness. And not only can we have happiness, we can have growth in who we are. And as a matter of fact, it's essential for us to work through and grow through these aspects of our lives that have these experiences in our lives that have been really hard, that have felt like we couldn't make it through, or are currently feeling like there's just no way that I have what it takes to get through this. I'm going to be broken and not be able to pick myself up and put myself back together again. The talk that I gave was based on the story of Judas. It was so interesting to me to be doing a deeper dive into the Bible as I have been more and more and more since I've been on this new soul recovery spiritual journey and just gobbling up every ounce of information that I can get that will better me on my spiritual path. And being able to look at all of that content from a broader opener mind instead of from past perspectives. So the chapter on Judas is a reframing, and I love the reframe. In what we think about Judas, when you think the word Judas, you probably immediately think that Judas was the one that turned in Jesus, that he was the betrayer, that he was the villain of the story. And that is true. That is what happened. But he also was an essential person in the role that needed to be played for Jesus to do the next step, which he knew that he needed to do, which was the crucifixion, and then the resurrection. And what we like to talk about in unity and in metaphysics is that each of these stories are really pieces of story that you're in, that we each have someone in our life who betrays us, who is a deceiver to us, is the villain that creates pain in us, that leads us to what we would call a crucifixion experience in our own lives, where we are just absolutely drug through the darkness. And we go through a variety of crucifixions in our lives until it's over. And just like was demonstrated that if you have faith and that if you are truly unlimited, that you will make it through. And I believe, and there's new thought that really believes that the story that Jesus told in the resurrection was that there is unlimited potential in everyone and that he knew that this needed to happen. And so if you think about the stories in your life and the people in your life that you would consider your Judas, really the person who's betrayed you. And they're generally the people who are the closest to us in our life. They're our spouses or our ex-spouses. They're our parents. They're our brothers and sisters. They're our best friends. They're our bosses. Sometimes they're our kids. They're our family members. And we can either decide that that person is going to be a villain, and that we were wronged, and that something happened to us in those situations that was unforgivable. 
that these people are the reasons and the circumstances and the situations that happened that have created in us these behaviors, these patterns, these parts of us that are not healthy, and that it's their fault. And that they deserve to have the blame for what happened and why we are responding, reacting the way that we are. And it doesn't mean that those things that happen weren't traumatic and that they didn't really hurt and that there wasn't a reason why in some cases that we have to put up blocks and boundaries and, and these parts of our, of our personality that, that keep us away from people that'll hurt us. That's true. That's part of how we create who we are. But what I'm asking today is to look at the importance of those roles, the sacred service, the sacred service that happens in a way of who those people are and how they manifest in our life that take us to the edge and can show us how much more strength we have that can bring us the insight or the ability to look at ourselves in a way that we haven't looked at ourselves before or been willing to look at ourselves before. That we can let go of seeing them as the villain. In the Bible, Jesus actually says to his disciples that one of them will betray him. He knows that someone has to play this sacred role. And then he actually whispers in the ear of Judas, do what you have to do and do it quickly. Because what if As I had said in my talk at at church that Sunday, what if the crucifixion hadn't happened? What if none of that happened and they just went on their way and Jesus went about doing miracles and talking to people on the hillsides? Maybe no one would have really listened. He had to demonstrate, just like we do, that there has to be darkness, that there has to be struggle, real struggle, to be able to get to that other side that is the overcoming of anything in our lives. Overcoming of anything, including death for him. What if we looked at those people in our lives, the ones that that push our buttons or trigger us every day in a different way? Soul recovery is really about taking the energy and all of the work that we're doing and turning it within and letting go of this need that we have of everyone around us to be the ones that should be different or change and asking people to not push those buttons in us, that we just want it to be simple. We just want it to be easy, but we don't learn and grow and expand and have greatness in us from everything being easy, those who have been the most successful have had failure after failure after failure after failure. And they've learned from each of those. Instead of seeing them as failures, what they see them as is learning opportunities. That didn't work that way. going to try it again. And I'm going to do this this way. I'm going to do it different. But we don't do that in our relationships. What we do is we hold on tightly to that person that hurt us, that person who abandoned us, that person who broke our heart, that person who didn't say the right thing, that person who was unkind or unsupportive. And we create in them the villain that our mothers or our fathers didn't give us what we wanted. And forever there's a hole in us that we didn't get what we needed or didn't want. And so we don't trust people. We can't love. Is that true? That you can't trust and you can't love because of 
a situation that might have been part of your journey, part of your learning, part of your growth, that that person was actually offering you a sacred role and that they were actually a sacred teacher in some way, it's really hard to wrap your head around. But we get to decide every single day if we're going to choose happiness, if we're going to choose to have a full, abundant, incredible life. We have to wake up every day and decide that we want to be moving forward towards a life that is the life of our dreams instead of asking the life of our dreams to come to us. That we want to stand in our circle and say, nope, I'm, I'm not going to do any work, but everybody better show up for me the way, the way I want them to. That's not how it works. And the truth is, when you know that you have to go through those crucifixions, just like the story is modeled in the Bible, that that was an essential part of what made everything else that came afterwards, all the incredible stories, all of the spirituality, all the beauty of the religion, and also all the hardship, because it is always, always more opportunity for learning. It's not about perfection. Just like I said in the last episode, it's not the destination, it's the journey. And the journey isn't always easy. But it's a lot easier if you let go of the fact that everybody is doing something to screw you up. And deciding instead that everything is working out for your highest good. Everything's working out for you. Even when you have a Judas, or 10 or 20. So look at those relationships. I know for me, I have let go intensely, as you know, from all of my podcasts, that my husband was the reason why my life wasn't happy, that if he would just be different, if he would just behave differently, if he just had a different attitude, if he talked to the kids different, if he was just different, then I would finally be happy. And that crucifixion was years 10 or 15 years of being on the cross of suffering and frustration. And, and as you know, I used alcohol as a way to cover that intense, intense burden and sadness that I had. And yet when I look now and I think, wow, that was a lot of teaching for me. That was a lot of teaching for me that when I finally was able to turn the mirror around and start looking at myself instead of demanding that it was different, everything changed. And the soul recovery started where I could actually see him as providing for me something that really needed to happen in my life for me to get to where I am right now today. I'm an entirely different person. And it's because I went through that journey. It's because I went through all that hard hardship and heartache and anger and frustration. And in that was also joy and happiness and good moments. It's not like every day was a heavy day, but there was a heavy burden that I had in my life that I don't feel now because I've let go of feeling like he was my villain. And I can see him now as a sacred teacher, that he provided for me a sacred role that he needed to do and be 
and that relationship needed to do and be exactly what it was for us both to come out the other side and be these happy whole people that have let go for the most part of needing the world to show up for us in a different way. And these are really big shifts in perception because there's no way that you don't have struggle with people. And we all come out of our childhoods with something that our parents could have done different. And some of the stories are so painful to listen to. And yet, are we going to hold on to those? Hold on to them and be angry and take the poison that you are hoping is going to poison the other person, which is really just killing yourself. All of that anger and frustration and being stuck makes us sick mentally and physically, emotionally, spiritually. Do you want to be better? Can you see that the paths that you've taken have led you to a certain place? And maybe you're in crucifixion right now. Maybe the world is just heavy right now. There is so much going on. Rich and I were just talking about how heavy it is to have the climate change happening and all the struggle politically and the fires and the heat and everything that's happening in the world and the number of people who are really, really, really having a hard time. And I have compassion for them and my heart just fills with this wish that I could just hug the whole world and make it all better. But I also know that I have to turn back to myself and do my best job to do my inside work on me to choose happiness. Because if I'm going to fall down from that, I don't have the strength to be a light in the world that's going to better myself or anybody else around me who might be able to do anything about any of those things. Talk about powerlessness. Just absolute powerlessness. That's the first step in soul recovery in AA and Al-Anon and 12-step to admit that you're powerless and that it feels unmanageable. And that's what happens when we have these Judas situations in our life that we can take on and just hold as if somebody is really trying to hurt us. And so often they don't know what they're doing. They're in their own emotions. They're in their own struggle. Their life is hard all by themselves. We don't really know what's happening internally with anybody. So often in the stories where you hear about somebody with their parents or with their siblings, when you get behind it and you find out what was happening with the other person and the pain that was in there and that These situations that happened, whether it was abuse or teasing or not enough love or criticisms, those things that really scar you as kids and that you just hold on to tightly and it's just almost impossible to let them go as adults. If you can step out of yourself and put yourself in their shoes and try to really understand where they were in their life generally their hearts were not good. They were hurting. And there was a lot of pain and suffering and fear and emptiness inside of them. And so they didn't have anything to give. 
They didn't know any better. And the best that they had to offer was often not good at all. So if we can have compassion, just a little compassion for that other person and not forgiveness from the standpoint that says, I think what you did was okay, but forgiveness from the standpoint that says, I realize this was part of my journey. That if you can look at what did I get from them? In the friends that I have that didn't have mothers that told them that they loved them, they're loving. They worked really hard to be sure that their kids knew that they were loved. And that in the relationships that they've had, which are never perfect because none of them are perfect, they've worked really hard to make sure that other person felt loved. That is a direct learning that came from not having that in their life. And that's an opposite choice of somebody who may say, well, I'm never going to love anybody. I'm not going to love anybody because I wasn't loved and no one showed me love. That's just continuing the cycle of the pain and the suffering. And in soul recovery, we get to choose. We get to choose. We have a choice of taking that power back from everybody else. And we don't have power or control over anybody, but we are not going to give it away. And we can see each of those relationships, that teacher that said that thing, that boyfriend that said that thing, that girlfriend that said that thing, that friend, when you felt like you weren't enough, you can take your power back and you can say, here's what I learned from it. I learned that I'm loving. I learned that I'm strong. I learned that that situation actually helped me have a strong ability to stand up for myself that I learned that I am smart, that I did put myself through school. Whatever your situation is, that you can see the strength that you have and let go of the need to have that person be the blame and embrace the role that they played in you becoming bigger, stronger, fuller, more expressive, more true to your nature, more connected to your higher power, more in alignment with who you are. Nobody can take that from you. And as we do this work, and as I've done this work, there's continually things in my life that are so hard, complicated, complicated, complicated. But I find that there's no blame anymore. That I can get caught in my ego, that I can have moments of of wanting to be seen or wanting to be valued or feeling hurt. And almost immediately, I come to this place where I just say, this is happening for a reason. What am I going to learn from this? What is my part? What can I do better for myself? How can I see what I need to be learning better? Because it will continue to show up and reflect to me until I get it. And I want to get it. And there's less people poking my buttons because I have less buttons to poke. I have learned so much about myself in these years. And one of the main things that I've learned is we are all on this journey and we're all suffering and we all have joy and we all just want to be loved and we all have the greatest potential and not everybody is ready to do the work to be happy. And you can't make anybody else want to do the work to be happy, but you can give it to yourself. And those look backs on our lives of 
recognizing those relationships and really being able to let go of the energy behind them as them being the villain only lightens your own load, takes some rocks out of your pockets, those rocks of pain that we carry around in our pockets. And I think about the years that I had with my husband that were just so crunchy and walking on eggshells and every day is not a perfect day, but every day is a good day. And every day we see each other a little more without all of the heaviness that came with expectation and the needing them to be who we thought that they should be for us, for each other. And the love that's underneath that is incredibly profound. And the support that I have from him that is what I always wanted is more than I could have ever expected or asked for. But part of that is because I've quit seeing him as the villain. He's no longer my Judas. He's my partner. He's my best friend. And I was his Judas. I have to recognize that it goes both ways. We are the Judas in somebody else's life. I was incredibly hurtful to him. And he had so much pain from the way that I was behaving for him, almost the exact same, that I wasn't showing up for him the way that he needed. He didn't feel loved by me by the way that he needed or wanted. That my having a foot out the door for all those years and not being connected to him was so painful for him. And there are people's life that I touch, that I am pushing buttons, that I don't mean to be pushing their buttons. How often does that happen? That we actually don't even recognize that we're hurting people or that they're hurting us and they don't recognize it. We're just walking these paths next to each other and sometimes we run into each other and the other person didn't mean it. Are we going to be angry about that? Are we going to hold resentment about that? Are we going to let that hold us back? Are we going to let that be something that keeps us from moving forward to our fullest, greatest self? Are we going to get stuck in our resentment? Are we going to treat them like the villain? Or are we going to say, thank you for showing me something? I can feel from my emotions that I am spun out. I can feel from my emotions that I'm not happy. And you've given me an opportunity to look at those emotions. And I'm going to look at myself and see what can I do about that in my life? If it does not feel good, if it doesn't raise your vibration, if it doesn't have a part of you that is excited and and feels wonderful, there's something to look at. And it doesn't mean that you have to continue being in that struggle and the, the crunchiness of it. It's really reminding you to turn a different way and to look at yourself and really be clear about what is it in your life that you can do, that you can do to move you to a greater, fuller, better, more expansive self. So who's your Judas? Who have you been a Judas for? Can you just take some time to reflect and have some gratitude for the learnings that have happened in your life that have gotten you to a better place? And if you are not in that better place yet, are you ready and willing to do the work to get there? I've been working with people on this. Who is that villain in your life? Who's the one that's holding you back? And there is some profound, profound shifts that are happening with people. And I'm having profound shifts in my own life as I continue to do this work. We never get there 
We just keep working on it and it keeps getting easier and more expansive and more connected to spirit. And we just keep shedding those rocks of pain out of our pocket. If you're interested in working on this, call me. Let's do a session. Let's do some work around who that person is in your life that you're having trouble seeing as a sacred teacher, providing a sacred role for you in life and seeing the good that came of who you are today or being able to move to the good of who you want to be in your life. There's always opportunity for change. It's never too late. It's never too late. No matter how far down you've gone or how deep it feels, there's always hope. That was the resurrection. If you are in the crucifixion, you can rise. You can overcome. There is support for you. There is a higher power that is holding you and leading you in that direction. And I'm here to support you. Together, we can recover our souls. Until next time, namaste. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode offered you some tools and guidance and inspiration on your journey to recover your soul. If you'd like some support and encouragement with your soul recovery, book a coaching session with me. When you are ready for change, it's amazing what can be done in just a few sessions with some support. There's never any long-term commitment. This is your personal journey, and I'm just here to be a guide and assist you in connecting with your fullest and happiest self. Go to the website, recoveryoursoul.net, and there you can find out more about me, book your coaching or spiritual counseling session, subscribe to receive our email updates, listen to some of my music. I have some originals and I've had various bands over the years. You can also read the blog that includes stories and insights from the Recover Your Soul community. I want to thank you for supporting the production of this podcast. Every single donation makes such a big difference and you can donate on the homepage of the website. Also by following, subscribing, reviewing this podcast on your favorite platform, you're helping to spread the recover your soul message. I hope that you'll follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and even join the private Facebook group and become part of our transformation community. Share who you are, share where you're from, share your story. Let's all connect. Until next time, namaste. The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.